The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Hello, welcome to Hour 2 of the Full Court Press. Thursday, September 17th, 501, your kickoff time here for Hour Number 2. Thanks for joining us, however, and wherever you're doing so from. Love to have you participate in the show, especially in this upcoming segment. Uh, 435-339-0321 if you want to text in, or 435-752-1069 if you want to call in. I'm so tempted, I'm so tempted to play this drop right here. No, don't. Uh, can I not? No. I just feel like it would really rev everybody's spirits up. It's revving something, but it's <laughs> not spirits. Okay. Big showdown in high school football tonight. We'll yep. get into that a little bit later hour, yeah, later on in the hour, but uh, you'll hear it here on the fan. Normally, you don't have high school on Thursdays, uh, high school football games on Thursdays, but uh, because of television, it's got moved up, And uh, but we'll have the full play-by-play on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, 104.5 FM, and 1069thefan.com. So a lot of places to find it and listen to the game. Hey, I have a question question on that. They're saying that like they could run out of tickets. Do they sell tickets to the game or don't or do you just not pay your money and then you get like a little stamp or something? Uh, I think you have to I think you have to do tickets. It has to be ticketed because of contact tracing and things like that and oh. um, you know making sure they only have a certain number of places where people can be. I didn't know that. Okay. Well, and wear your mask. Yeah. When you go? Let's not be Utah County. I mean, County. there's spikes in the state right now, and most of it's happening in another part of the state that's been pretty cavalier and uh, my young people. Yeah. So let's let's be better. Uh, let's not have things roll backwards. Uh, I mean, there's been some progress that has been made. We can have schools going. We can have businesses going. Let's not make this all go undone and, and go backwards. So and don't please, think that they will. If I mean, don't think that they won't. And oh, if, there's if it, believe me, there's people in some of these p- the positions that are like, we gotta go and full shutdown now. Yep. It's like no, no, don't. Yeah, I it, and I mean again, if you are from a certain area down south and you're listening, we're talking to your entire area. Well, there's concerns even here. So as people gather, just be mindful, please. Wear a mask to the game, please. Don't gather, huddle close together. Um, I'm not going to get on a big soapbox about these unsanctioned homecoming dances that are happening. Wait, unsanctioned? The schools and the school districts are not doing official homecoming dances, but there are Hundreds of teens that are saying, and parents saying, eh, it's a tradition. It's no big deal. Let's get a bunch of kids close together in a small venue. So, please be smart. Let's let's not make this any worse than it needs to be. All right, Eric, college football looks to have some things figured out, especially in the Big Ten country where they have now said that they'll be playing in October. Pac-12 looks like they'll be following suit. Then came out this morning a tweet from Breck McMurphy who said that the PAC, or not the PAC-12, excuse me, uh, that the Mountain West Conference is aggressively uh, looking at a way to be able to play this season. Uh, that the uh, the options would be to play an eight-game fall season, 
culminating with the December 19th Mountain West Conference Championship game. Now, this would allow a league to be eligible for the New Year's Six Bowls. Not all schools might play with Hawaii, Fresno, and Air Force. By the way, can I note there that he didn't say New Mexico? Biggest unknowns for a full season. Yeah, why is Air Force such an unknown? Yeah, I had no idea. I thought idea. that Air Force was like the exception to the rule because they have the uh, they already have certain standards in place with with you know, uh, you know the the academy there and how they stay fit and how they stay uh, they have certain protocols that they have to follow. And they're still going to do the the commander in chief, whatever they call it. Uh, they're still going to play army and they're still going to play navy. They can still do that. They can still practice. They can still play. So why, why all of a sudden are they an exception now? Yeah. I don't understand that. Uh, Eric, uh, we'll the thing with Fresno is that they have not even allowed people on their campus because of positivity rates and the rate of infection in the Fresno area. And that's a home game for us, by the way. And Air Force is also a home game for us. So that's two that you might lose. And as we've talked about, the, the, the problem and the challenge with Hawaii is state of Hawaii has a travel quarantine. If you've... If you're come, if you're not on the island, if you're traveling to the island, you they're asking people to quarantine before they go out and do things. So how do you do a how does Hawaii host home games? Yeah, that's. Uh, does I, the, the I, Hawaii football team have an entire season on the road? Boy, that's brutal. That's really brutal. Ask of these kids. And another thing to it, Eric is. Is why isn't New Mexico on that list? I thought New Mexico was in that whole lockdown thing from the governor. Not lockdown, but just no football of any sort. Yeah, I don't know. And they're not even. I haven't seen many updates about what case counts look like in in uh, Albuquerque area. Well, one place we'll be interested to hear about is in California. Of course, San Diego State Aztecs. What are the obstacles they have to face? What are the things that they're going to have to deal with? Boise State. You said there. You saw a tweet that Boise State's athletic director says, "Hey." We, we're confident we can get a season. We just don't know when. Uh, an article in the Idaho Statesman that uh, was published earlier this afternoon, Athletic Director Kurt Apsey says, I am confident we're going to see some sort of a season for sure. We're working very closely with all the presidents in our conference, our football coaches, all the athletic directors. We've even reached out to student-athletes in the conference to get their thoughts on the situation. So stay tuned, but I'm more confident and more positive than I've ever been, close quote. I would say that means he says we're playing. <laughs> yeah, when you get something like that, I would say I would read between the lines there. Well, and there's news today that the MAC, they're going to be meeting on Saturday about a possible return. So they're considering a Wait, six. Wait, the MAC or, is now? Yeah. <laughs> they're considering a six or eight game fall schedule that could begin as early as October 24th and still have a conference championship game at Detroit's Ford Field. So they've had real positive movement in the past 24 hours. Wow. That's impressive. Uh, they were the first to say no, and that's to, what kind of started the trend. So, Eric, what was it then? Like the Big Ten's like, hey, we, uh, we're we going to play football. Yeah, what's changed with and the science the of, like, well, so are we of the coronavirus Mount in the West last is like, hey, we're in. You guys in? We're in. Mac's like, you know what? We were the first. And so we'll be the last. We'll jump in too. Like, what the heck happened? How does it turn around that quickly? And the, the other question I have, and this is for our listeners too. In fact, I want to ask our listeners this question, Eric. If the season were to start end of October, and I'm talking like October 31st Halloween, 
or first weekend in November. And we have a game against Air Force at 2.30 in the afternoon. And it is snowy. Are you coming? Assuming that they allow fans. Limited amount. Would you come to a game against Air Force or whoever, UNLV, in the snow, midday? Would you still come watch the game? Yeah, probably. You would? You'd freeze your little toes off and go out there? I mean, that's great. I mean, I love it. Passion. It's because it's college football. I mean, that happens. It's not. That's not, like, unique. That's not anything new. And that's happened many, many different times over the years in a regular season. I, uh, but, I mean, dude, we're talking about... We're, we're talking about, like, November. John Russell says, heck yeah. Yeah, we always have games in November. Utah State always has football games in November. It's like, this isn't something new. How late do we play into November, though? We always, The Aggies always play to the first weekend of December. Well, if they get that far. The end of the regular season is always late November. Okay, the end I'll, of November. Okay, sorry. So, so I should rephrase not, this question. My bad. New. Let me rephrase the question, then. If you... I can't remember the last time we had a snowy game at Maverick Stadium. Help me here. When's the last time we've had like a snow down of inches of snow and a football game? Yeah, it's happened. When? It's happened over the last five, ten years. Okay, when's the last time though? That's what I'm asking. Uh, one that comes to mind is when they played Hawaii. And how was the crowd? Uh, Very small. Even smaller at halftime. After halftime. See, that's the question is, yeah, you're going to go. And, yeah, we maybe had games in November, but, like, I'm saying. Social distancing and would not I be a used, problem in that game. <laughs> yeah. I would use, and I use the term of having a, you know, inches and inches of snow. Would you still go to the game? Uh, 9315, it's all about the money, money, money. And not being left behind in recruiting, I would go to any game they would let me in. That's, that's passion. I love it. And he's right. It is about money, and it's about recruiting. It's about the future of the program. If everybody's playing and you're not, boy, you're going to lose out on so many recruits. That's a good point. All right, let's take a break, Eric, and we'll come back to this college football topic, but let's get uh, Mark Ziegler on the phone of the San Diego Union-Tribune. Let's talk to him about San Diego State situation in California. What is his, what is Mark's thoughts on having a college football season? If so, when would it start? Oh, 9310. I don't want to miss 9310. He just texted in, Eric. He says, I think the Mountain West and Mac are lining themselves up for failure. Oh, this could be good. They made a decision for spring and can still have a conference-only schedule and have time to make their make sure they're doing their best to have a season. I'm worried we've, we're rushing back in. Or excuse me. I'm worried we're rushing into a quick start of the season that will be canceled three games in because they jumped the gun. They don't have the money like the NFL does. This is my exact same concern as well. Am I excited for football? Absolutely. But, I mean, we're all of a sudden like, hey, let's go play in the middle of winter. Well, that scares me. Well, if they if they start the season October 31st, it's really not that much of an extension of the season anyway. Because they would play games until December 19th. If they started on October 31st and played an eight-week schedule, that, that ends on... Uh, on December 19th. Ooh. 
And normally your your December fifth is the, the end of the regular season ish. Yeah. All right, let's take a break. Mark Ziegler coming up here on the fan. Interviews, analysis, and a little bit of fun mixed in. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 1069 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Welcome back to Full Court Press. Hot Mike here in the studio. Uh, Ajay's not making any announcements about, you know, return to play like another hot mic we heard earlier in the week. Think we're going to the Big Ten. Just lining up our guests. Uh, but news uh, that, uh, according to Brett McMurphy, that the Mountain West is aggressively exploring options to play an eight-game fall season culminating with the December 19th Mountain West title game. Now, if that were to be the case, they'd have to start October 24th, and they'd have to give the go-ahead and green light for these teams to start getting ready as of Monday because these teams are going to need time not everybody's in the weight room. Some of these teams aren't even on campus. So uh, it's it's going to be really weird to see how this tries to come together in the Mountain West Conference. Yeah, it's going to get pretty interesting here. So let's have uh, Mark Ziegler of the San Diego Union-Tribune uh, joining us here on the show. He's the beat writer for the Aztecs. Does an incredible job. Really, really solid work from him. Uh, every time he's uh, every time he has his uh, pen to a paper or fingers on a typewriter, or a computer, I guess it is these days. Mark, thanks for your time. How are you? I'm good. I'm old enough to remember typewriters. <laughs> <laughs> I said that, and I was like, this isn't going to come out well. This is going to be bad. Uh, <laughs> hey, Mark, uh, so t- the last 24 hours for the state of California must be bonkers right now. What are you hearing about the state of California, their situation with football, and how it affects San Diego State? Well, I mean, it's... Uh, it, it was really curious to hear the governor yesterday because what happened is that the USC football players petitioned him and said, well, why can't we play? We want to play. And so he was asked about it in a press conference and said, what do you mean? I never said you couldn't play. Well, if you go look at their protocols that the state passes them down to counties and in California, the county health officer then enacts them. And then if you don't enact the state protocol um, or guidance, uh, you could lose state funding for your county or in your cities. So there's a huge incentive to do it. And and so the protocols are very clear. You could be in groups of 12, and maybe those groups of 12 could have contact with each other, but only within those groups of 12. How are you supposed to put together a football team? You know, I mean, you can't have offense go against defense. I mean, and, and so, you know, he can say it all he wants, but until they change these protocols and then the county health officers in every county, so it's, you know, a different one in Fresno State and in, in San Diego and in L.A. for UCLA and, and uh, USC. Uh, different one for Stanford, different one for Cal. I mean, they're, they're all different uh, until these health officers feel comfortable enough that they can allow these teams to start practicing in full. We're not going to see any movement. Now, my guess is uh, it probably rolled downhill a little bit from the governor's office. and They said, OK, let's change these protocols and allow them to do it. Um, but that's kind of the latest. And, and you know, the, the, the real bottom line is in, in California, they put out very specific protocols for professional teams, even minor league professional teams to play if they did a certain amount of testing and, and allowed them to practice and build up to it. And then there's, there's protocols for youth sports and high school sports which aren't supposed to be having any contact at all. And the colleges are caught in between, and they kind of classify the colleges as amateur sports and with youth sports and high school sports. And they really probably should be classified at least 
Division One football with the professional sports and allow them to use those protocols. So that's what I suspect will eventually happen. What is the, the outbreak situation and rate of infection in the San Diego area? So that's an interesting question because when it, 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 we have different levels in California and, and San Diego had actually dropped out of the toughest level and allowed to open restaurants in some capacity, indoor facilities, um, schools, some schools have opened uh, on a limited basis, uh, which is much more liberal than in other parts of the state. Uh, but it's based no longer based on hospitalizations and no longer based on ICU or deaths. It's only based on cases and testing. If you don't test enough, you can be put into this red zone and, and close everything up. And San Diego was in that tier just below. But when San Diego State students came back, there was a huge out- outbreak. It's over 600 now cases, none of them hospitalized. But there's enough of a numbers that it has pushed San Diego into the next, next threshold. And it's done on a weekly basis. And they're expecting on Tuesday to go into that threshold because of San Diego State. So it's it's a, a dicey situation for the city, uh, and it may or may not affect practice protocols. For example, on campus because they had a huge outbreak there uh, over the summer, uh, and so uh, it'll be interesting to see how that impacts when we go into that in, in that that red danger level. It's all done color coded now. Uh, if that will impact the ability to practice or not. Eric and I have been debating this back and forth for the last week or so. If there's a team that's not allowed to participate in the Mountain West Conference football season, is there an eligibility or a chance that they could file a lawsuit towards the Mountain West Conference and win? Good question. I don't, you know, I think they could. I don't think they would. I think they just sort of take their lumps and move on. I, I don't see any way Hawaii is going to play. I mean, they're, they're even stricter than California. You know, there was some talk of lifting the 14 day quarantine for all visitors to the island. Um, in October, it doesn't sound like that's going to happen. Maybe it'll happen by November, but I don't know how they're going to get busy. Football teams in there, they have a, uh, a very strict um, gatherings law, uh, outdoor mask restriction. I mean, it's it's almost militant there. They put people in jail if they didn't if they didn't uh, quarantine properly. So I, I don't see any way they play. Um, I'm not sure about New Mexico either. I don't know if they're going to get the, the approval from the governor, who really doesn't want them to play, and then. You know, the other question you're going to have in California where they really want to play in San Diego. Um, but, you know, Fresno State's got to get the athletes on campus. Uh, San Jose State is in Santa Clara County. Uh, I'm not sure they, they've ever opened restaurants there. I mean, it's, it's way stricter than San Diego. So there's huge hurdles and timing issues. And, and I really think injury issues for these teams going forward if they don't have enough time to get ready for a season. Mark, uh, what about... Um... This uh, we, we heard the news here earlier this week that San Diego State is uh, the the timeline for their venue to play football is is different. Uh, they're not going to play in San Diego. Uh, they're going to be getting on a bus and traveling north. Uh, how has that been received, and what will that look like? Assuming there is some kind of a season, it may not happen. Maybe it doesn't happen this fall, but it would still be scheduled for twenty twenty one as a venue for San Diego State. Yeah, that's the, the the big year is 2021. I don't think it matters where you play this year because no one's going to be able to go to the games anyway in California. I mean, for, for the foreseeable future. I mean, even in spring football, I don't think we're going to be seeing fans the way this state has approached um, COVID-19. But next year is the big deal because, you know, there's a chance or a good chance you think that there are going to be fans in the stadium. And what happened is they took over the, the SDCCU, formerly Qualcomm Stadium property in Mission Valley, just last month. 
And now if they own it, they have to maintain it. That stadium costs uh, about $12 million, 10 to $12 million a year to maintain. Now about $5 million of that is in debt service uh, that is owed from upgrades of the stadium back dating back into the 1990s. The city still has to pay that. But the rest of it, and in and, and, and some years it could be up to $6 million, is San Diego State's burden now. And you can't put any events in the stadium to offset that. So they just looked at this and kind of said, man, you know, even if we come back and we play in the stadium, it's free rent for us, but we're going to lose our shirts. We're going to lose four or $5 million uh, over the course of the season on this. So it's actually cheaper for them to go 100 miles north. Um, they're going to pay a little bit less rent than they, they were paying to the city, uh, but they obviously won't have the same kind of fan base. And they'll lose ticket revenue and parking revenue and concession revenue that they would have ordinarily got, but they'll actually lose less money in the long run uh, by moving. It's a, it's, a, it's a bizarre situation. It's counterintuitive. Uh, but I don't really think they had much choice unless they just had unlimited coffers and, and were willing to bite the bullet and lose four or $5 million on this, on this uh, sort of albatross stadium that they've got. I heard the new stadium is pretty beautiful, though. Can you kind of give us a tease of, of what you've heard or what it's supposed to look like and all? You know, I, the renderings always look beautiful, right? And, the, the, you know, and so there's going to be great. It, you know, the old San Diego Stadium used to be open to the east uh, before they closed it in, wanted to upgrade uh, and increase capacity so they could host Super Bowls. And it had this beautiful view of the mountains. People don't think of mountains in San Diego, but we're backed by mountains and they're not very far away. And so it looked out towards those mountains. And I believe they're going to kind of try to recapture that. They're going to have a lot of pavilions around the stadium that, that are reflective of different neighborhoods in San Diego, which is kind of a unique idea. They're going to try to have some uh, luxury suites that are down on the field and movable around, depending on if you're having soccer or football there. That's going to be kind of cool. I think they'll have an end zone uh, student section, kind of like you see at Colorado State. The one thing that's going to be interesting, though, is, and, and people love to trash on Qualcomm slash SDCCU Stadium, but it's an all-seater stadium. They're, they're all, you know, chair back seats and in some levels they're nice seats they're cushioned um this stadium will have some of that but there's also going to have some bleacher seating and and that's going to be interesting to see how much bleacher seating they they ultimately have um and you know how fans react to that they're not used to that here i know at Colorado state and some other college football venues that's just part of going to a college football venue but it never has been here and so fans are going to you know be shocked if they don't buy a real premium seat. They're not going to have a back on their seat, or they're going to be sitting on a metal bleacher. And um, you know, football is a long game, and so that that to me will be one of the more interesting things in people's you know ultimate review of the stadium. Let's uh, let's play like we assume a college football season is going to happen for the Mountain West uh, this fall, because we can we can do that. We can pretend on this show. Sure. So. Uh, if it were to happen for San Diego State, what would what type of team would we see? What what type of uh, what what players would we see standing out? I know there's been some coaching changes there, but really nothing drastic since they were already familiar with the the lay of the land. So there were going to be some changes, but how drastic of, of the look and feel of the Aztecs were we going to see this year? Well, it you know we've seen this in the past with um, Danelle Pumphrey. Uh, Rashad Penny, you know, and, and I think what we've seen is that it's as much of a system as it is individuals. Yes, they were very, very talented individuals, but San Diego State has been able to go to LA. Um, and, and, and if you look, go down their depth chart, there's a bunch of different running backs, um, that 
you know, no one had ever heard of. But what they've been able to do is go into L.A., and L.A. is so loaded with talent, and get the fourth or fifth best running back or the tenth best running back. In some cases, maybe the 15th best running back if Washington and Oregon and Stanford and Cal happen to recruit running backs out of L.A. that year, along with USC and UCLA. And sell on the idea that we're old school football. We're going to block. We're going to run. Um, we're not running spread. Uh, and, 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 you know, we're going to be a grinded out team. You're going to get a lot of carries, a lot of touches with a big offensive line. Now, that's changing a little bit because uh, one of the things that, that Rocky Long had talked about doing before he left was uh, instituting more of a, a spread offense. And so that's going to be the big question this year of, you know, how they integrate that into what they've done in the past. Obviously, always been a very good defensive team. I don't think that's going to change too much. I think you'll see a lot of this, the old Rocky Long footprints. But beyond all that, all the tactics, I think the more – the more interesting thing is going to be, are they going to be ready? Because uh, you're going to have teams that ha- are, are different states of readiness. You know, in Wyoming, for example, they never really went on lockdown. They never, you know, never shut anything down. I mean, I remember talking to them in, in April and they were playing American Legion baseball and, you know, we couldn't even go out of our houses at that point. And we still can't technically play American Legion baseball here. So, um, you know, San Diego State, the last two weeks, they had to shut down all classes. On, they had a few ca- classes on campus, labs and things. And they had to shut all that down for a month, and they shut athletics down for two weeks. So the, the football team has done nothing for two weeks. And they just picked up today where they left off, and they just started throwing the football. I mean, that, the, the quarterbacks have not been allowed to pick up and touch and throw a football. So they are miles behind a season. And so I think it, no matter who they have and what personnel they have, I don't think it matters. I think it's more about readiness and what they're going to look like the first three or four weeks of the season. Um, you know, that just getting physically ready to have a month-long camp takes a while, and they ought to get just to that point before they can even have that camp. Uh, and I think they'll be uh, a fairly, you know, in Fresno State and and San Jose State, New Mexico, and and uh, Hawaii, if they somehow are able to play, are all going to be behind the other uh, seven schools in the league. Mark Ziegler of the uh, San, Di- San Diego Union-Tribune joins us here on the Full Court Press. Hey, let's move to the hardwood. Uh, announced that yesterday that college basketball will begin in November. Obviously, San Diego State's got still high expectations for this squad, even though they lose guys like Malachi Flynn. Uh, what do you see when the schedule, uh, the start date's been announced, what does San Diego State lose in regards to non-conference games? And I know they're in the Diamond Head Classic. That gets moved to Orlando. Uh, what do you see in the schedule, and what do you see out of this basketball team as well? So they lose three games right off the bat. They were going to play Alcorn State. Uh, they were going to play Cal State Fullerton at home and buy games, and they had a game at Grand Canyon, part of a home-and-home that they started last year. All those were before the 25th, so they're all wiped out. Um, but the Diamond Head is going to Orlando. There's an outside chance that the four West Coast teams that are in the Diamond Head, uh, Arizona State, uh, assuming they're allowed to play, um, Seattle and St. Mary's, San Diego State, they get together and go, well, why are we flying down to Orlando? Let's just take our, these four teams, go to um, Vegas, say, uh, and have our own little mini bubble and just play around. Rob will get three games out of it. Uh, so there's a possibility of that. Um, they're supposed to play St. Louis in the um, Mountain West Atlantic 10 Challenge, which is supposed to be a very, very good game. St. Louis is a, is a considered NCAA tournament caliber team, so is San Diego State. That would have been a really good early season game. Um, they're supposed to play BYU at home. I think that game's going to stay. 
Um, but the rest of it is just going to be up in the air. We probably won't know for another week, see what this, the league decides to do with its schedule and its dates and, you know, what's the date of the diamond head going to be and how they sort that out. And then they'll kind of go from there. As far as the team goes, they're in the same boat as the football team. They have just before they had this two week pause, they had just been allowed to be indoors with a basketball and one player. That's it. Everything else had been outdoor fitness or working out on outdoor courts individually. And, uh, and so they're, they've got a ways to work up to five on five. Um, but I think with the later start of the season, got an October 14th start date for preseason. They could probably get there if state and county restrictions are lifted a little bit, which sounds like they might be. As far as the team goes, uh, yeah, they're not going to have Malachi Flynn. They're not going to have uh, K.J. Fagan, and they're not going to have Yanni Wetzel, three key pieces and starters from last year. But they got two fifth-year uh, senior transfers, Terrell Gomez from Cal State Northridge, averaged almost 20 a game, shot almost over 50% in the Big West last year from three. He's only five eight, but he's an incredible shooter. And they got a real sleeper from from uh, Maryland, uh, Joshua Tomiak, six ten, beast, fifth year senior, played behind a lot of NBA guys, very very good. They saw a ton of practice footage of him, limited game footage, but he did do some stuff, and they're really high on him, and and think he's kind of that diamond in the rough that Yanni Wetzel was. And then you just add back Matt Mitchell, who came out of the draft, Jordan Shackle, and all the other pieces they had last year. Uh, Nathan Mensa is healthy and cleared again, their center. Uh, and it's a pretty darn good team. And it's a very, very, very veteran team. They could start four juniors, I mean, four seniors and a junior, or they, or if they wanted to, they could start five seniors. Wow. Uh, and that's, that's something that, uh, that always has played well at San Diego state. So I, I would say they're the favorite and I think they're a tournament team again. Mark, you're the only writer I like in California. I hope I know that. I hope you know that. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. You do great work. You're part. <laughs> Mark Ziegler, part of the San Diego Union Tribune. Mark, let's do it again soon, my man. Yeah, anytime. Just holler. Right, great stuff. Appreciate it. Bye. Yeah, well, uh, I didn't know about that outbreak going on in San Diego. That they've shut down the school. Athletes cannot even be on campus. So if you're going to say we're going to start. Mountain West Conference football season, October 24th. There's teams that haven't even been in the weight room, let alone getting together and running an active camp and figuring out depth chart and who your starters are going to be. It would be a really shaky first couple of weeks of the Mountain West. And I don't think it's fair. I don't think it's fair to have it that way. Uh, you got to give them the appropriate time that they need. Yep. Because Utah State's been able to go through some stuff. It's got to be August. I mean, October 31st may still be pushing it. First week in November may be more likely. Maybe you don't do an eight-game schedule. What do you push it to, six? Maybe you say six or seven. Is the conference championship game that important? I, I do you throw see, that so, out the window yeah, no. to still have an opportunity to participate in bowl games no, you or gotta playoffs? Have it, I mean, well, because you got your six, you can't have. Wait, so you just take the best team with the best record. What if you have multiple good records or multiple best records? That's hard to handle. I mean, you got to have a conference championship game. I, I, I think it's a must. Yeah, maybe, but maybe like you said, maybe, right. maybe you slim the season a little bit. They need it for the TV money too. All right, let's go to break. Coming back, we're going to get to our pick six, and of course, we'll conclude it with a great preview of a very, very big football game tonight going on in Millville. It's a biggie. Number one versus number two. 
Ridgeline Skyview. Big thanks to And we'll have the full play-by-play right here on the fan. Of course, it's going to be Kevin Harlan and Reggie Miller. It's going to be great. (laughs) Eric France and LJ Salveson. Kid Rock joining us. It's a good song. Uh, big thanks to Mark Ziegler of the San Diego Union Tribune joining us here on the show. Always good to have him. Uh, had him once before. We'll have him on again. It's good stuff. Uh, Eric, let's get to okay. Let's let's do some production live on air. What? I just say a quick update on uh, Eastern Conference Finals. Oh yeah, they're playing. I forgot they're playing right now. Uh, just under two minutes to go in the first quarter. Mm. Miami leads twenty-six to twenty-three. Duncan Robinson has been on fire from beyond the arc. He's hit four of five threes already in the first quarter for Miami. So there's a quick update. Only NBA game tonight. Uh, Game one of the Western Conference Finals is tomorrow. Nuggets and Lakers, and the uh, Lakers open as seven-point favorites. Wait. The Lakers open as seven-point favorites? Yes. Uh, Eric, okay, uh, do, do you want to do Skyview Ridgeline now or Skyview Ridgeline at the end? Let's do pick six. Okay. Because I don't do want to rush that. Okay. Let's do it now. Because uh, we've already talked a lot about Skyview Ridgeline. But. Over the last couple of days. Nobody can hear enough about Skyview's mascot versus Ridgeline's mascot. Uh, we haven't gotten into that. Who has who, the, whose color scheme is more powerful? Who, who cooks the better cheeseburgers? Mm. Skyview or Ridgeline? Who has the better cheers? Oh, God. Yeah. Mm. Skyview. I mean, these are important topics. Doubt. Stop. Stop. Okay, Erica, let's uh, let's go ahead and do it. Let's do our uh, pick six. You all know the drill. We have three lines each, over-unders, yes or no's, uh, straight-ups, and then whoever wins gets a treat the following week. I have not lost in four weeks. Right, we pushed. We tied last week. Yep, that's not a loss. That's kissing. It's, it's like kissing your sister. Technically, it's not a say. loss. Okay, since you're on this winning streak... I'll give you the option. Do you want to go first or do you want to defer? Let's see here. Devin McCourty usually Bill Belichick always defers. I'll defer. Okay. I'll so I'll kick in the second half. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I will begin. <laughs> Good. First line from me. Okay. Um on Sunday, the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers host the Panthers, the Carolina Panthers. Tom Brady interceptions in that game. I've got it set at one and a half. You take the over or the under? Who are they playing again? Carolina. Under. I'm going to take the over. That's just being petty. That's just being petty, dude. I have nothing else to tell you. It's not even smart. (laughs) See, you should lose just for that alone. (laughs) Okay, uh, the game tonight, Skyview and Ridgeline. Bobcats over the Riverhawks by seven and a half points. Dude, that ruins our... Pre- it's part of the pick six. Seven and a half? Seven and a half. Under. You think it'll be closer than that? I'm going to take the over. Actually, can I change mine to over? No, it's already written down. Now. No, it's not. It's not printed out. It's not you're, published. You're on the pattern like you were last time. I think you ha- you're committed now. <laughs> You have to take the unders on everything. <laughs> Pattern like I was last time. You took the overs on everything last time. <laughs> uh, okay, what's your third one? 
And my third, <laughs> my third one, game two in the Western Conference Finals between the Nuggets and the Lakers. Okay. Nikola Jokic assists six and a half. Mm. What are you taking? <laughs> Doesn't work that way. <laughs> Under? I'm writing it down. It's official. You said under. Shut up. I'm going to take the over. Oh, yes. Fine. All right, Eric. Game one of the Western Conference Finals between the Lakers and the Nuggets. Who has the better plus minus? LeBron James or Nikola Jokic? Uh, game one? Yes. Who, who has the better plus minus? LeBron James or Nikola Jokic? Um, I'm going to say James. Me too. I'm going to take James as well. He's more rested. Uh, Skyview, Ridgeline. Ridgeline turnovers that they call, I know, that they, uh, how I say Did it? they commit? Yes, thank you. That was the word I was looking for. Two and a half. Uh, ooh, that's a good line. Um, I think I'm going to take the over. I'm going to say under. Okay. I'm not incredibly confident with that either, by the way. Just want you to know that. I think it's a good line. That's, that's a tough line to go with, with right now. Uh, all right, Eric, so let's just go ahead and dance to the NFL. Uh, we're going to go to one of my favorites. Packers and Lions. Like, Aaron Rodgers has monstrous games when it comes to the Lion game. I mean, when he ever plays Detroit. It's an historic rivalry. Aaron Rodgers. 365 and a half passing yards over under. 365 and a half? Yep. That's a lot of yards. Um, He can do it. Uh, I think that that Detroit defense is a little suspect after what Trubisky was able to do to him in the fourth quarter. So I'm going to take the over. Fetch. I was so hoping you'd slip to under. I'm going to take the over, too. That's your first over. Your only over. Is it really? Yep. No way. The others were unders, except for when we picked uh, LeBron James. Hey, we need to get a tiebreaker. Yeah, I think that's a good... Yes, we, we, we do need a tiebreaker. we didn't have a tiebreaker last week, and it cost me a win. So uh, what what should we do for a tiebreaker? Do you want to do Patriots, Seahawks, in Seattle, Sunday night? Oh, juicy, juicy matchup. Cam Newton versus Russell Wilson. This one's going to be good. Should we do... Okay, let's, let's do this. Rushing yards combined between Cam Newton... Or should we do tiebreaker? Or should we do score? Or should we do like a... No, I like that. Combined okay. rushing yards. Between Russell Wilson and Cam Newton. Yeah, I like that. Let's okay. So I so set the line for me then. Uh, let's see. So combined rushing yards for the quarterbacks. Um, Seattle and New England. Um, I'm going to say, let's say two hundred and twelve and a half. Two twelve and a half. Yeah, Ooh, that's a good line. Ah, I was hoping you go a little bit under. Um. Well, then you just take the under. No, no, no. No, no, wait. Wait. Shh. Quiet, 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 quiet. 
212 and a half. Combined rushing yards between Russell Wilson and Cam Newton. I'm going to say under. But if you take the under two, then that puts us at I'm going to take the over. Wait, do you really think they're going to get over that? Because, well, I guess he had a 157 versus a pretty good defense in Miami. And Russell Wilson. Neither team has a really strong running attack besides the quarterbacks. Yeah. And they're passing, like, and when you have that good of a passing game, you it opens up a lot of lanes. And with both teams with some decent defensive pressures, the quarterbacks could be scrambling a lot. All right, so read it out. What do we got? Okay, Tom Brady interceptions. So bitter. That's just petty crap. So <laughs> on Sunday against the Panthers, set at one and a half. I went over, you went under. Uh, Skyview over Ridgeline. So I'm picking where the, the line is Skyview over Ridgeline by seven and a half. I took the over. Ajay took the under. Uh, Jokic assists in game two of the Western Conference Finals at six and a half. I went over. Ajay went under. Uh, who has a better plus minus in game one? LeBron James or Nikola Jokic? We both took LeBron James. Uh, Ridgeline turnovers tonight against uh, the Skyview Bobcats set at two and a half. I went over. You went under. Uh, Aaron Rodgers passing yards against the Detroit Lions at 365 and a half. We both took the over on that. Uh, and then the tiebreaker, the combined rushing yards of Cam Newton and Russell Wilson at 212 and a half. I went over and you went under. That's our pick six for the week. I'm going to I'm gonna lose. I have no confidence. Why? You're on a streak. This is unprecedented. It, it doesn't matter about You should the feel streak. confident that it you're just going to keep rolling. It doesn't matter about the streak, though. It matters the fact that I I got selfish and I got greedy on a couple of those. Are you sure I can't change my answers? They're all written down. Sweet. In number two pencil. <laughs> can't erase number two pencil. Once it's there, it's there. <laughs> That's right. All right, coming back, we'll give our predictions of Ridgeline and Skyview tonight. Big one, 7 o'clock in Millville. If you want to get there, get there early. Full court press. Win a 65-inch 4K flat-screen TV from Lens Audio Video in the Preps Pick'em Contest, presented by The Logo Shop. Sign up to play at 1069thefan.com. Pick the weekly winners of each high school game, and you could win one of 11 weekly prizes and be entered to win the grand prize TV. Go to 1069thefan.com, and you could win. It's the Preps Pick'em Contest on Sports Talk Radio, 1069 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. It's the Full Court Press, weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 1069 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Full Court Press, Eric France and AJ Salveson. We wrap up the final four minutes of the show here as we get you ready for a Thursday night big high school football game over in Millville. Don't want to miss it. And if you are going to be gone, don't worry. We have the game for you on two stations and, of course, a couple streams. If you want to find all the games, go to CashValleyDaily.com. Go to the sports section. Go to the local high school football schedule, streams, stations, how you can find the games, when the games are played, uh, all that good jazz. You can find it right there. But for tonight, Ridgeline Sky, number one versus number two, will be here on the station, 1069 The Fan, uh, 1069TheFan.com, 1390 AM, and 104.5 FM. Uh, Nick Zollinger and Dave Simmons have the honor and privilege to be able to call that game tonight. They're going to do a wonderful job. Uh, I'm excited just to listen to them and to, I mean, 
just the intensity of this game, the, the importance of it, the magnitude of it. I know we say coaches are going to say, and these coaches will tell you, it's just another game. But really, number one versus number two, a lot riding on the line, including bragging rights as well, if you will. Uh, this is this is going to be good stuff. If you want to participate in the Preps Pick'em Contest, you got seven minutes to get your pick in. Seven minutes. Go to CashValleyDaily.com. You can go to 106andthefan.com. Go find the Preps Pick'em Contest. Sign up. Go or log in and get your picks in for this game tonight. Yeah, that's for this game tonight. You can still make picks for the other games tomorrow, but the deadline is 6 o'clock if you want tonight's game to be included in your opportunity to win $100 to McDonald's. So that's... Uh, that's the, the gift card that we're giving away uh, this week, the gift and the prize that can be awarded after all the games are done uh, after the, the games on Friday. So a Again, Pick em contest presented by, by logo the Logo Shop. Shop. Who do Appreciate a great them. job. Best, best way to get your apparel for high school, for competitive action. Uh, nobody does it better. The logo Shop is an incredible way to go. Uh, and the, in fact, the only way to go, uh, go to the logo shop and uh, they'll take really good care of you. Got a text in from nine three one five. We were talking about the need to actually have the opportunity to practice, and and Mark said, right, "What kind of ramp up do you need before college football in the Mountain West could begin?" Nine three one five. I thought I heard Gary Anderson say he could survive at four weeks before the game. I believe that's right. He did say that. Is it to each their own though, Eric? Well, I think yeah, Utah State may be positioned to to do that and to be okay, but the Mountain West is looking at places that their athletes have not been allowed to do any activities on campus. Utah State's been practicing; they've been lifting weights, <laughs> they've been running drills. But Fresno, nope. San Diego State, very limited. Nothing in the last few weeks. Hawaii, New Mexico. There's places where. They're way behind. And so if you all of a sudden say, all right, green light, you're going to start playing October 24th or October 30th, 31st, there's going to be several schools in the Mountain West that just will not be ready. Yeah, it's going to be hard. For, and, and again, they need the fair competitive advantage, I, I feel like. I mean, you saw what happened to Navy when they played BYU and they didn't have any tackling drills or anything like that because they want to keep their kids safe. And I get that. But you can't have that and then go play a Division One football team of that quality and expect to, you know, everything's going to come out rosy. Okay, predictions tonight. Skyview, Ridgeline. Man, I've been bouncing back and forth on this. This Ridgeline offense is potent. I mean, absolutely potent behind the looks of uh, Caden Cox, who's been tremendous. They got this all. They got they got a running back core who's really good. And as we heard uh, Dave Simmons say yesterday, most balanced team. Balanced from every position. But, boy, you look at this Skyview defense and this Skyview offense, they're veteran. They are all veteran. They've been there. They've done that. They've played in the big games. The state championship last year, state championship the year before that, they know what it's like. They know these kind of feeling when the lights shine brightest, cameras are on you, flashing light bulbs. I like Skyview by six tonight. Um, I'm going to go so far as to say that I think it'll be Skyview 35 and Ridgeline 24. Is it that close? Or do you think it's a, it's a runaway with the score being disguised, no, I, I think that both teams can can uh, can throw down um, and make it interesting, both offensively and defensively. I, I just think that Skyview is probably more well-rounded offensively and defensively, um, and eventually that'll be the overriding factor for them. They'll consistently be in the game. Ridgeline will have their moments, but I think in the end it'll be too much Skyview. Again, Ridgeline Skyview tonight. That'll be on this station. That'll be on 104.5. That'll be on 1390 AM. Uh, I keep wanting to call him Doug. Dave Simmons, Nick Zolder on the call tonight. 
Uh, we'll talk tomorrow. We'll break it down and uh, preview all the rest of the games going on tomorrow night. Good night, everybody.